0: All right, welcome back, and this is part two of the episode, Fighting Fair. Chad, in part one, we learned about how how to not build up walls against our spouse. We learned about arguing versus listening. So let's continue on these key principles of tearing down these walls and of um, what the arguing versus listening principle looks like in our marriage. Yeah. So uh, once again, if you're someone that you recognize
1: that you are holding too tightly to strong opinions and feelings and preferences, and because of that, you have through the years built walls up between you and your spouse practically? How do we tear them down? That's what we've been sharing with you, principles how to remove those walls. Well, here's another great principle that could really save your marriage. The Bible says in James 1.19 that we are to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. One of the great principles, a godly principle, a biblical principle of marriage is hold back your first thoughts. If you are someone that you are critical, if you are someone that, like me, you're pessimistic a lot of times, uh, I can be very negative if I'm not extremely careful. I mean, even on a, just even on a typical day, I can lean toward the negative side. And what, especially people like myself, what we have to learn is this biblical principle, hold back your first thought. Begin to incorporate this. Ask the Lord to help you be quick to hear, slow to speak, and then what's going to be the result of that. Then you're going to be slow to anger. If you're someone that you struggle with anger, you, you fly off the handle. And, and let me just say this, for those, for those people who just explode, and then after you explode, then you're fine, you're over it. I can't tell you how many people in my counseling office have told me they've justified their anger, and they say, well, once I explode, then I'm over it, I'm fine, as though that's okay. And friends, it's not okay. Here's the reason why. You may say that your anger only lasts a few seconds, but think about this, a tornado only touches down for a few seconds. But look at the damage that it leaves behind. You don't know what you're doing to your children. You don't know what you're doing to your spouse internally. You don't realize the damage you do when you allow your anger to go unchecked. No, the biblical principle is when you are quick to hear and then you are slow to speak, then the result is going to be that You're slow to anger. And for those of you that struggle with anger, wouldn't it be great to be slow to anger? Wouldn't that be wonderful to to eliminate most of the anger out of your life? That's the biblical principle that can help you do that. Another great principle that I'd love to add with James 119, some of you have heard of the, uh, uh, the, the, the famous book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It's such a wonderful book. And one of the habits of highly effective people that I think is a very biblical habit, listen to what he says. Seek first to understand and then be understood. I think that's a great way to explain James 1.19. And see, friends, when you grow from becoming an arguer, someone who insists on your own way, when you grow from someone that you don't want to, you don't want to always criticize, you don't want to always be negative, you don't always want to complain, you don't want to be accusatory, because that's what happens when we're swift to speak and slow to hear, we become accusatory, we become critical, negative. No, when you seek first to understand why does my spouse feel this way? Where is she coming from? Why is he thinking this way? When you seek first to understand, that's being quick to hear. And then to be understood, then here's my feelings, here's my preferences. Well, when you, when you get that order right, again, the biblical principle, you're going to be quick to hear, you're going to hear your, your spouse's preferences, opinions, and then you're going to be slow to speak, you're going to share how you feel. And then anger is going to become less and less and less in your marriage. And that reminds me, you know, the great saying, marriage is simply two sinners who said, I do. And I love this saying, such a great saying. Christians are not sinless, but we should be sinning less and less and less. And friends, as the years go by in your marriage, there should be less anger, less conflict, less division, less Misunderstanding, and uh, that can happen if you incorporate James one nineteen.
2: So I think part of that James nineteen verse, when it says "slow to speak," I think that can also mean your actions and your attitude, not just slow to speak, but slow your facial expressions down. And and something that Chad and I have done is we had we've had to learn how we handle conflict. So Chad's already said that he's pessimistic, and um, so when he is approached with conflict. He immediately furrows his brow and shakes his head. And that just irritates the snot out of me. And so he has learned how to slow his facial expressions and his attitude down. Whereas I am, I'm a crier. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm mad. I cry when I'm scared, but crying shuts him down. He doesn't know how to handle that. So I've had to say, if I feel like I'm going to cry during a conversation, I've had to say, hold on, I need to talk about this later when I can really gather my thoughts and where I can say this without being emotional. So we've had to learn how to to be slow with one another so we can attack the conflict and not each other.
1: And, and I'll say this, if you're someone that, and, and, and a lot of times this is what happens in marriages, one spouse explodes and wants to just get it off their chest right then, whereas the other spouse is a processor They need to walk away. And what, again, a point of conflict, a point of tension is when couples walk away and they don't discuss it, what happens is it ends up getting swept underneath the rug. And then the tension mounts and it becomes a much larger issue later. I am for couples walking away for. A few moments and, you know, collecting their thoughts and cooling down. A lot of times I'll tell couples, uh, you know, a lot of marriages are like a car that overheats, right? <laughs> even if your car, if the thermostat constantly gets stuck, you can't even go to the grocery store without your car overheating. And a lot of marriages are that way. Every conversation overheats, every argument overheats. And it might be that you need to cool down, but here's the trick, Agree to when you're going to resolve it. It might be 30 minutes from now. It might be a couple of hours from now. It might be after dinner. Whatever you need to do, but don't just leave it unresolved. Agree together. We're going to talk about this. Uh, Make this agreement. We're not going to attack each other. We're going to attack this problem. And let's talk about it uh, at 4 o'clock. Or let's come back after we eat dinner and let's, let's be careful not to attack each other. Wow, what a difference that would make in marriage.
2: So if you don't go back into this conflict and resolve it together and not attacking the problem, then you are going to pick this baggage back up later. And now you're in a cycle. Now you're in this bringing up the past and rehashing old problems. And now you have new problems further down the line when that issue should have been resolved.
1: Exactly. So if you are a marriage that constantly goes back to the past, you know, what, what happens so often is you're in a new conflict, you're in a fresh conflict today. And then what happens is one spouse or another inevitably goes back to the past and goes, yeah, but you did this then, or you remember when you did this, how Exactly what you're saying, Sadie. How do you break cycles? How, we've talked about tearing down walls. How do you break cycles of conflict? Well, I want to share with you, my friends, a phrase that absolutely changed my life. I have used this phrase over and over and over. I've used it in almost every situation in life, but especially in marriage counseling. This is a phrase That will save your marriage. And here it is. The phrase is going forward. When when you're in the heat of an argument and your spouse says, but you did this. You remember back then you said this or you went here or you did this, whatever the case is. Here's how you respond. You say, I know. But going forward, I don't ever want to be that person again. Going forward. I'm never going to be that again. That will save your marriage. If you are in a tense situation in work, in your work environment, and you're in a you're in a conflict at work, how do you resolve it? The phrase is going forward. There is a phrase that will Cut the tension, and it will save the relationship. So begin to incorporate that into your marriage. Times that you go back to the past, know the magic phrase is, but going forward.
0: And similar to what we talked about in episode one, how loving your spouse is a choice, you have to choose to put these things behind you. You have to choose not to bring up the past, and you have to choose to say, going forward. Absolutely. And you said a very
1: critical phrase right there. You have to choose not to bring up the past. Scripture says that God remembers our sin no more. How is that possible that God forgets our sin? I mean, think about it. God is absolutely omniscient. That means He knows everything. If God knows everything, then how can He forget sin? I think sometimes as Christians, we think of those scriptures, and at least in my head, I think of that. You remember that, that pen in uh, Men in Black yep. that could erase the memory, yep. <laughs> right? We think that God somehow has that magical pen that just erases his memory. No, that's not at all what scripture means. When it says that God remembers our sin no more, it doesn't mean that he magically forgets. What it means is that he chooses not to bring it up. And you know, God can give you the same ability in your own marriage. God can give you the ability. You're not going to forget the sins of the past. But here's what God can help you do. God can give you such grace that you choose to not bring it up. Do you give that kind of grace to your spouse? Do you give that kind of grace to your marriage? Friend, do you give that kind of grace to yourself? Because if God has given you that kind of grace, then why why can you not give yourself that grace and forgiveness? If God has chosen to forgive you, are you greater than God? Then how is it that you cannot forgive yourself? No, we need to accept the grace, the mercy, and the forgiveness of God. And we need to be quick to, to share that same grace and forgiveness with your spouse and with your own personal sin,
2: and it's not just—it's um, not just having this grace, but you—you you touched on it. It's forgiveness. Lisa Turkhurst has this book out right now that's called "Forgiving What You Can't Forget." And I don't think that Jesus forgets our sin. I think that he forgives our sin. And in a relationship, we are called to be like Christ, where we completely forgive each other's sins. We completely forgive one another where we have been wronged and where we have been hurt. And we lay those things that we cannot forget down as forgiveness, because that's what Jesus did for us.
0: And this goes right in line with fighting fair, right? So if you're in an argument And you bring up something from the past that happened five years ago that you had supposedly forgiven someone for. Well, that's not fighting fair. And if you're still hanging on to that too, you know, I think you did a. I can't remember, Chad, if you did a sermon on this or a series or if it was a Tuesday night prayer or whatever it was. But you touched on this last year about how unforgiveness is a is sin. And if you're hanging on to that, if if you're still bringing those things up and and you haven't moved past them. That's sin in your own life, and that's, again, letting someone else's sin become your sin, and that is not fighting fair. So, again, we've said this on other podcasts in this
1: series, but it's very fitting right here. Friends, don't ever forget this. The root of every marriage problem is ultimately sin, and the answer, the remedy to every marriage problem is ultimately the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not asking today, are you a churchgoer? I'm not asking, are you a Christian in name only? I'm asking you this, have you really received the grace and the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ? If the answer is no, you need to receive that today. And if the answer is genuinely yes, then you should give what you've received. You should freely give that to your spouse And make that a central part of your marriage. And when you do that, as we said in the beginning, conflict, which is inevitable, which is a myth that it will one day go away because it never will. Then what will happen is conflict going forward will simply be a speed bump and it won't be a brick wall that turns into disaster.
2: So now we've learned how to resolve our conflicts together. And that looks like us not attacking each other, but us attacking Satan, us attacking the sin, us fighting together and fighting Satan. And um, I want to do a shameless plug here. Go back and listen to our um, episode on prayer. Um, And that is one way that you can um, fight these conflicts and you can resolve these conflicts together.
1: So as Sadie just said, listen to our episode on learning how to pray for your spouse. And I want to pray right now, for your marriage, and for those who are listening, who your marriage is in trouble, I want to pray for you right now. So whatever you're doing, unless you're driving, (laughs) whatever you're doing, why don't you just pause for a moment? Why don't you pray with me? And why don't you pray for your marriage, as I know you have been, but what we're going to pray today is maybe in a different way. Rather than praying that things just fix on their own, or instead of praying that Your spouse will just somehow change. Let's look internally today. Let's pray that God would give us the humility that we are to walk in. Let's pray right now. So Lord Jesus, you know how hard marriage is, and you know how Satan attacks it. And God, as Sadie said, we want to learn how to attack Satan together, not attack each other. We want to attack the problem, not each other. But we're flawed, and we're human, and we so often make missteps in this way. God, I pray for every marriage right now that's listening, that's really in trouble. I pray for every marriage that doesn't have the harmony in it, it doesn't have that beautiful trinity unity that you desire for their marriage. But right now, Satan is right in the midst. Right now, he's like a roaring lion prowling about, seeking how he can destroy the marriage. Satan hates marriage, and he hates our marriages. So God, I pray for your divine protection. I pray for your biblical principles to rise to the surface of our hearts. I pray that we would let go of our strong feelings and preferences And those opinions, those, uh, as Scripture calls it, those sins that so easily beset us. And I pray that we would put our eyes on you, Jesus. I pray that like the very first episode of this podcast series, that we would make Christ the center of our marriages. And for those marriages that their strong opinions and feelings have been the center, let us replace that and let us put Christ as the center. Give us a fresh humility, a new humility. Help us to prefer our spouse over ourselves, and let us enjoy the richness, the unity, the godliness, the blessing that you intend marriage to be. In Jesus' name, amen.